0: Welcome to The Band Hall, a Young Band Directors of Texas podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chelsea Frazier, and with me is Aaron Beaver, president of YBDT, a nonprofit organization for young band directors in Texas. We're here to talk about the ins and outs of teaching band, especially in the first few years of your career. Today,
1: we're talking about the very beginning stages of beginner band, from how to tap your foot to making first sounds. Welcome to The Band Hall. Hello, Chelsea, how are you doing?
0: I'm great. How are you? I'm
1: good. That was my very first introduction. Do you think I did okay?
0: You did a wonderful job. Everybody applaud. (laughs) Welcome to the band hall. So now instead of you guys just imagining me saying it, you can have Aaron's um, voice in your head too. I had someone tell me last year when they had parents coming in for like an orientation Mm -hmm. or something that they would... They kept saying, like, welcome to band hall, come on in, and they kept thinking of me saying that. Welcome to the band hall. Um, welcome to the band. Sorry to haunt your <laughs> your lives, everybody. Living rent <laughs> free. I know. Now you get Aaron as well. <laughs> so there you go. Um. All right, so today we're talking about beginners, beginning beginners, Just... the very beginning. <laughs> go ahead. Oh, I, I, I don't say... know how else to say that.
1: The, my favorite part actually I love teaching beginners so yes. much
0: I really do too and um, it, especially when they come from nothing mm-hmm. when they come from nothing and then you get to tell them like do you see like how far you're coming like do you see how much you learned in one day do you see and they're always so like proud of themselves as they should be um but I love beginners so much. And this is the reason why I can't get rid of, I can't leave middle school ever. I just, I can't do it. What beginners do you teach? Like what classes?
1: It, it varies from year to year. Um, I mm-hmm. think this year I'm only teaching tuba beginners, which I'm always yeah. happy to do. Um, in the past, I've taught tuba euphonium trombone um in any combination Mm -hmm. last year i ended up having by the end of the year all the low brass in one class for um for our beginner period um which was a lot (laughs) but it
0: yeah that's that's but they're
1: all great kids and it's you know it got it was so much fun when we had like 40 kids playing their like scales and playing their spring concert music together so yeah. it has its ups and downs, but I think I, this year I'm only doing tuba.
0: Okay. we um, I think last week we talked to, that you have like 11 tubas this year. Is that yes. right? Yes.
1: Yep. Nice. Which is a good number. Nice. Um, I think so. And I try to get um, as many girls to sign up for tuba as I can when we're doing beginner testing. I
0: love girl tuba players. They're always... Like, bosses. Oh, yeah. Always. Always.
1: And it just, like, it creates so much better of a dynamic in the classroom when there's a mixture of boys and girls. Um, Mm -hmm. And, like, I've had classes of all boys. And, you know, it can, especially towards the end of the year when they start turning into seventh graders, um, it can just (laughs) become like a circus. So having that mixture in there really helps with the dynamic
0: yeah for sure this last year somehow my beginning trumpet class ended up as all boys i think i've mentioned that before i don't know how that happened it was just a fraternity in there and then me right so it was just start every class gentlemen (laughs) it is nice to see you all um all right, boys, let's go. going. Because we would combine classes, and then there'd be girls in there, so I couldn't say hello, boys, mm. anymore. And um, they were like, what are you – why aren't you – it was just different for them. And I was like, by the way, there are girls that play instruments, a.k.a. me. Come on. gasp. <laughs> I know. What? What? Um, well, I teach um, beginning trumpet, French horn, double reeds, and in the past, I've also done flute. Um, I've also done like a mass brass class. So I've done like low brass. Mm-hmm. I've done, you know, a little bit of everything. Um, and and yeah, so I, we're just going to talk a little bit about everything. So starting with posture and literacy. And um, we each have some tips and tricks that we might throw out there. And yeah, it's one of, it's my favorite time of year with being... Oh, no, no. The whole year is my favorite time of year <laughs> with beginners because I love starting them. But I also like the end of the year when you get to like start doing hard things. Right. First thing I will say before we talk about any of this is um, teaching beginners can be intimidating, especially if you're a new teacher, um, taking someone that knows nothing and then teaching them an instrument for many times the first time that they've ever touched an instrument like this. Um, especially if it is an instrument you are not very confident on. So, AKA me and oboe, (laughs) you know what I mean? So I will say that if you're new to it or you've, you're picking up like a new class that you have to do, um, or even if it's one that you've taught for, you know, 20 years, reach out to your friends that play these instruments or that have taught these instruments for a while Um, And just ask them questions. The amount of questions that I ask every year, especially the year that I taught flute, oh, Lord. Like, just reach out and ask and find these people. Um, You guys can always reach out to me and Aaron, of course. But um, there are other people in YBDT you can post on our members page um, or just people that are in your cluster that you work with. Um, Just reach out reach out and ask the questions because a lot of times you are learning and growing every year you're learning and growing with them. But especially if it's brand Mm -hmm. new for you. Yeah. I'm sure there's Um,
1: a lot of of new directors that are probably teaching instruments that they've only had experience in um, with their Mm -hmm. methods classes in college. And, you know as great as getting up at 8 a.m. and going to woodwinds methods was for me um i don't think that i got the full experience of actually being able to teach those instruments super well um but don't don't be scared you're gonna be great no you yes you i'm talking to you you listening um (laughs) if it's something brand new to you um yeah like chelsea was saying reach out um you only mm-hmm. have to be a day ahead of them if it's something yeah. brand new. So take it yep. a day at a time and reach out to your colleagues because everyone wants to help.
0: Yeah, definitely, everybody does. And um, there's not going to be a person out there that tells you, "No, I'm not going to help you." Right. At least I haven't come across that person. And and if they do exist, then good riddance. So I'm not. Don't talk to them again. So. Let's start with, you know, last week we talked about the first day and talking about expectations and how you want your band hall run. And um, that kind of bleeds into, like, the first thing that we should mention is um, all-encompassing, like, think about what you want their space to look like, and then when they're ready to either play, breathe, count, whatever it is, what you want them to look like. So, this depends per teacher., um, I personally don't want anything in front of them at all for a while. So I don't have stands out. I don't have anything until um, we start to use mirrors or counting sheets or something like that. like but for the first couple of days, I don't have anything in front of them at all. They are, like there's no barrier between me and them. and so um, we will have. Um, cause it's a lot of me talking about different concepts. And then when we're ready to read individually, I'll teach them how to get their stand, how to put it back on the rack, how to have it in front of them, where the legs go, all of that. Um, I also personally have their backpacks on the back of their chair or under their chair. I don't want it near their feet. Um, especially in sixth grade when most of us are doing beginners, um, They can be distracted by every little thing, which I get because me too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, I will have them push it. If they want it under their chair, that's cool, but it's going to be pushed back to where it can't even be near their feet. They can't touch it or on the back of their chair. I want nothing in their hands. Um, That's how I like to set things up. Whenever we get instruments, I have them put them like on the right side of their chair or Mm -hmm. something. Just a very organized setup for them. Um, we've said it before, but kids want structure. They'll never tell you that, and they, they will tell you that they want free time all the time, but structure is so good for them. Um, and then that bleeds into things like posture. So when we're all putting our backpacks the same way, when we have these limited distractions, then we can start talking about posture, how we want us to look, and then it's really easy to like go around and help them, and. Okay, sit up tall. You know, our shoulders are down. Keep your chin, you know, a little more up than you would, or however you want to do it. Um, but I feel like that all kind of bleeds together.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, setting up the expectations of how you want everybody to enter the room, how you want them to sit, it it leads to a more organized. It leads to a more efficient learning environment. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, the more they learn, the more successful they're going to feel. And so it all snowballs into success, something good.
0: Absolutely. The the habits that you're starting on day one with your kids are going to be the habits that they bring through the rest of the year. But they're also going to be the habits that they bring through seventh grade, eighth grade into high school. Um, if you can get them used <clears> to. <throat> backpacks on the back of the chair or if you have a spot in your room that you put them or if you want them in lockers like everybody's band halls different you know whatever you want um then they're going to expect that same thing the older they get and it's not going to be a surprise later on when you say hey you're in eighth grade hey reminder that your backpack goes on the back or whatever um as far as posture goes i am i think it's It's a huge thing, and um, I think most people would agree with me. How they look is going to be how they play most of the time. Um, We do front of the chair. um, There should be space in the back. There is a director I worked with a while ago that she was um, was a – like, a shorter, smaller woman, and so she would get up and, like, walk on the back of their chairs <laughs> between... She's like, if I can't walk here, then you're not sitting in the front of your chair, and I thought That's it was funny. That's great. I'm sure
1: the kids um, loved it.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's stuff something they would never <laughs> forget. Um, I wouldn't be able to do it, but <laughs> for her, I thought it was cool, or funny mm-hmm. at least, but... You know, we make sure that we have space between our back and the back of the chair, except for, like, bassoon. I let them, you know, sit farther back and, you know, whatever. But um, feet are flat in front of us, and I remind them all the time that's something that I have a hard time with, too, and it's fine, but, you know, we, like, all of those details, and I have them look around the room. Does your posture look like my posture? Does your neighbor's posture look like my posture? Um, And it's a expectation from the very beginning that every time we count or breathe whatever um we're sitting and looking like that yeah do you have anything to add to posture
1: um i mean posture it's literally something you can talk about just ad nauseum and just Mm -hmm. kind of discuss the intricacies of it um i i want to give a quick shout out to kim cooley Director Shout at out. Creek Valley Middle School, who was my um, middle school um, student teaching um, director person, and she—they mm-hmm. have a uh, a posture chant they do, um, which the kids absolutely love, um, and it's let's see it's back straight, feet flat, high knee on the hump, and then they all go. Hur! at the end and it gets them all into (laughs) it they're all like sitting up straight and like the beginner classes have contests to see who can be like have the loudest grunt at the end um but
0: i love that you say the word heine. yep i love it i think it's great. yeah
1: and the kids get so into it it's Heine on the hump (gasps) and they're just like into it and i think that's a really cool way if you can get them to like want to have good posture then you've like Mm -hmm. won the battle i think and that's for sure you know because it's a big thing it helps them learn it helps them breathe it helps them sound better and so if you can do that at the Mm -hmm. beginning um then it's you've already you know put yourself ahead of the game
0: some people love chants i will say i am i'm not personally a chant person Mm -hmm. but i know a lot of people that do use chants like that or like Um, stuff for, like, key signatures and, um, dude, whatever it takes and fits your teaching style, I say, girl, get it. Go for it.
1: Do it. 100%. I, when when I'm teaching, because tuba, you know, the the way you sit when you play can be different than how you want them to sit when they're, like, learning how to count Mm -hmm. and read music and things like that. And so I... I make sure they know the difference between, you know, like, learning posture and playing posture. Not that they're not learning when they're playing. But, you know, when we're, you know, when we are, when we have our rhythm sheets in front of us, you know, they know that they have to be sitting a certain way and then... When it's time to have the horn up, they they need to know that specific posture as well. So mm-hmm. we kind of drill that. You know, once we get the horns out, we drill that pretty hard too.
0: Yeah, and it's all you know. And I say it to my kids too, like, you look good, you sound good, you feel good. You know, and if we watch, if you watch videos of professional players, none of them are sitting down with like all the way to the back of their chair slumping over so they're like six inches shorter than they actually are. You know, they look like pros. They look good, okay? And you look good and you're gonna sound just like them. It'll take us a little bit, but we'll get there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so posture is a huge thing. Um, One of my favorite things to teach at the beginning of the year is actually literacy. So let's dive into that a little bit. I've mentioned that on the first day of school, um, or the first day that I get a full class period with them, whatever that is, I like to immediately start teaching rhythm and how how to read. So we start with very simply, what is a metronome? What is this big annoying thing in the back of the room that is screaming at us at a very regular tempo, right? So we talk about what a metronome is. We talk about what a beat is. how it can be faster and slower. um, And we just really build up. And I tell them, I say, look, I'm going to start from nothing. Because raise your hand if you've played an instrument before and like half the class will raise their hand or less. Uh, um, Because they've played piano or they play... Recorder. Yeah, recorder. They'll say, sometimes you'll have a random kid who's like, already knows three instruments, you know, whatever. But... um, and then some, will, I'll say, raise your hand if you don't know any instrument. And they'll raise their hand. I'm like, cool, I'm here to teach you one. It's fine. Raise your hand if you know how to read music. Some of them will raise mm-hmm. their hand. And, you know, we, we do that, and it's fun. They get to know. And, and I always it by saying that and saying, hey, when I started Six Green Band, I knew nothing. I barely remembered what I did in elementary music. But here we are, and that is my job is to teach you from nothing and so we start there Um, and you always have those kids that you know maybe have a strong music background or um, know an instrument and so they'll answer a lot of questions at the beginning but as long as you know everybody is going with you um, and they know they have to be a little patient at the beginning it's all good so we start with metronome beat quarter note quarter rest and then we'll start writing out rhythms and we can do all of that on day one and it's super easy and super fun for them um and then you know day two we'll add half notes whole notes um rhythm is something that they can find success with really easily Mm
1: -hmm. yeah i agree um yeah literally from the beginning our day two day one as we talked about last Mm -hmm. week right um (laughs) we are you know we we have the metronome going um we we work out of the teaching rhythm logically book um yeah uh, i love darcy that book. yeah it's really good. Uh, it's a great book so if you are looking for a like a script on how to teach rhythm i think that's mm-hmm. a great place to start um you know not not a sponsor but you know darcy come through um, reach out girl.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's teaching rhythm logically and if you just put that in oh, it's teaching rhythm logically.com. Oh, there you,
1: there go. you go.
0: Yeah, and it's an ebook, so you can just Yeah,
1: and it's a um, great resource. Um
0: yes, definitely. And it's
1: you know, buying that book is also a great way to support another band director. So mm-hmm. um who's mm-hmm. an awesome band director and a and a cool
0: person. Highly recommend.
1: Um but it's a very – it really lays it out from day one and just going through. It has cool, it has cool charts and, um, that you can use with your kids, and I definitely recommend that. And we kind of start mm-hmm. there and build off of it. Um, but, yeah, day, day two, day one, we, <laughs> we are tapping our foot, and we are discussing beat and rhythm and the differences – And it all, you know, it's if they are um, new to band or if they have already started learning instruments, rhythm is a good kind of equalizer. Because even if they play the guitar at home, you know, they probably Mm -hmm. don't read a lot of rhythms, you know, or know the way that you count rhythms. So it's a good equalizer and everyone can feel successful on day one
0: yep absolutely absolutely and it's easy to build off of Mm -hmm. so when you're building off of rhythm then you can okay well i'm going to group these into fours and i'm just going to separate them with these lines do you see how there's four here and four here and then you can talk about measures and bar lines um then you can easily talk about time signature well what if i group them into threes is that wild and crazy? And they're like, yeah, that's real crazy. And so we do, we do group them into threes. And, you know, it's very easy to build off of. Um, and they feel a lot of success even though they don't have their instruments or their, their all of their supplies yet. They're not really making a sound yet. They feel a lot of success, and that's what you want. You want them feeling success because there's going to be some times where it's going to be very frustrating to them because we all know learning an instrument is very frustrating and it takes a lot of hard work. Um, but all these little successes should be celebrated. Um, then when I feel like they have a good hold on what we're doing, um, as far as rhythm goes, then I'll pull in the like tonality side mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. it. And I'll tell them the difference, or we'll talk about the difference between like the tonality and rhythm and why you have to have both to make music because if you just had one, it'd be so boring. And then I sing Mary Had a Little Lamb or something without changing pitch. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, And so then we start talking about the ABCs, um, which is always fun to do. Let's sing our ABCs. And then I scream the word stop after (laughs) G. And I'm like, you did it. And then they giggle. You know, however you can make it fun for them. Um, we write it in a circle on the board because it can go on forever because mm. it can go oh, forwards. You can start anyway. Yeah, I like it. The kids um, grab onto it pretty easy. And so then you show off by doing it backwards really fast. Mm. You're like, look, you can start on G and go backwards. G, F, E, D, C, B, A. And they're like, oh, you could say it so fast. <laughs> and You know, like, however you can make them, like, giggle and... You know what I mean? That's good. It's it makes what can be boring more fun. Yeah, of course. Um, I always tell and my then you kids. you build from there.
1: Um, they have they we only have seven letters in the musical alphabet because they have to make it easier for me. Uh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's good. That's a
1: good one. They always giggle at that.
0: That's a good one. I say um, um, I do a story about whole whole rest and half rest, where I, I pick a kid that, you know, one of the outgoing kids mm-hmm. that thinks everything is funny, I'll pick their name, and I'll draw, and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to draw Aaron on the board. And they're like, hee, hee, he. and then I draw a stick figure. And they're like, wow, that's amazing, Miss Fraser. I'm like, I know. <laughs> and then I say a story about how Aaron is walking with his phone, and he's looking, and he's texting someone, and then he f- um, looks real good because he's wearing this hat, and I draw a half-rest on... Top of him, and then I say, but he's not paying attention, and he falls into a hole in the ground. And I draw a hole right so <laughs> underneath. And like sixth grade boys think it's the s- funniest thing they've ever heard. That's I don't know. Funny. I, I love feel that. my my ego really gets boosted at all their little giggles at the beginning of the oh, year. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like, however you want, and then they talk about that for the rest of the year. Remember when Aaron fell in a hole? <laughs> and um. It's just it's so fun. And you just build. And then when they feel confident on both sides, you just add it together, mm-hmm. but you start really easy. Oh, yeah. Um I actually like to start with quarter notes. Um and then read in court I'll I'll read, you know, um or fast whole notes whenever we're reading notes, mm-hmm. uh, note names, but it's fun, man. So when do you When do you start on horns? What do you? What does that look like for you? It's
1: usually, um, you know, some people like to start horns right away. We wait about two weeks uh, before we dive in on horns. Um, Sometimes it's a little shorter. I don't. I don't ever like to go longer than that. Um, Mm -hmm. But I like to make sure they have a solid foundation on rhythm and reading their notes and being able to you know actually read notes in rhythms um mm-hmm. just you know just quarter notes like you know they can you know no name like you know b flat C, E, D, E, E, something like that mm-hmm. um i like to make sure that, that is on a solid ground and then we start on horns and because once you get this brand new piece of metal in their hands, like, everything goes out the window. So, <laughs> Oh, my
0: God. It is. I distinctly remember when I opened my French horn case for the first time. Uh-huh. And I was like, uh, first of all, I'm going to break this in half if I don't listen to my band director. So I'm horrified. <laughs> but also, it's like angelic music when you open up the right. case for the first time. but
1: like little lights and, in there so it's just like shines right yeah
0: <laughs> yes and it's 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 so funny watching their their faces some people like me uh, like i was very like careful and like scared to open it and like oh i don't want to touch it yet and and then there's some especially sixth grade boys that fling the that want to Mm -hmm. fling the case open and then just grab the shiny thing that's in there. Um, But you're right. Everything goes out the window (laughs) (laughs) whenever you get the horns. Um, I would agree. I do – it varies a little bit, anywhere from one to two Mm -hmm. weeks for me. Um, But I tell them, guys, I have – because you'll get the question – Um, When are we going to get our instruments? And I say, look, I have these things that I want to get through. And when you're all really solid and confident on these these things, we'll get the horns Uh out. And they're like, okay. And, you know, there's never an issue with um, them being too impatient. I have seen and heard of some people that take way longer than Mm -hmm. that. It's personally not my scene. Um, I want kids on horns as fast as possible with you know a balance of you know a good literacy foundation underneath Mm -hmm.
1: them i agree so and you know they some people will say they're they're not here to count rhythms they're here to play their instruments so you know they want to get them as fast as they can but there's something to be said about you know going slow and making sure that they have the right foundation so you just got to find the right balance and what works Mm -hmm. for you
0: make the literacy as fun as you can Mm -hmm. and interactive and give them chances this is also a good time for me um well for all of us to get these kids doing things in front of their peers um with no judgment Um, and really creating that environment for them. Um, I tell them every year, I say, look, especially right before our first sounds, say, look guys, I love you all so much. You're doing a great job. Here are all the things that we've accomplished so far. I'm so proud of you. I want you to understand that in this class you're gonna make a lot of mistakes. And when you make a mistake in my class, it's very noticeable and that's okay you make a mistake in math class that's totally cool you can erase it mm-hmm. nobody knows you did you move on with your life and here, other people might hear and that's cool because we're all going to be doing it together and then i make some joke about how um you know there's going to be some things that they're good at and some things they're not so good at but i'm good at everything mm-hmm. and i'm better anyway so and then they laugh and we move on um but this is a good time when you're counting Answering questions, doing like note name drills, stuff like mm-hmm. that, um, to allow them to make mistakes in front of each other without a loud, you know, noisemaker yeah in front of them. Yeah. Sure.
1: So when when you start on horns and make your first sounds ever, what does that kind of look like in your classroom?
0: Well, for me, um, we the first sounds we make are, you know, little instruments. So mouthpieces, mm-hmm. or reed for oboe, reed and bogle for bassoon. Um, like our clarinets will do mouthpiece barrel, all mm-hmm. of that. Um, so that's gonna be the first sound that we make. And I preface it by saying, you know, we talk all about embouchure. So we have mirrors in front of us. We um, another thing to shout out is. Oh, who is it by? I think it's... Let me look it up real quick. It's on Teacher Paid Teachers. I think it's Band Directors Talk Shop. Let me look real quick. Um, they have on Teacher Paid Teachers an embouchure project. Oh. Have you heard no. of this? Okay. Embouchure Project. I think it's them. Yeah, okay. Band Directors Talk Shop. So if you go to Teacher Paid Teachers, there is... Um, the embouchure project for beginning band. And it is, I paid for this a long time ago. You can get the bundle for $97. um, But it is, or you can just buy the ones that you are teaching if Mm -hmm. 97 is maybe a little too much right now. But if you look on there, the embouchure project is basically, they have um, pictures and resources and um, stuff for students and stuff for directors for just beautiful embouchures, like close ups oh. of different people with different face shapes and everything on the different instruments. Um, and I really like it because they have a student page, uh, a student like reference page with like f- phrases and tips and stuff and pictures that I put in their binder with their mirror and there also is a slideshow um and there's like a quiz there's a bunch of different stuff i highly suggest looking it up they have one for every instrument which i think is so cool and um they i put a slideshow up with that came with this with a bunch of different and it's different face shapes different features Mm -hmm. that people have different lip shapes of people on their instrument so we look at their embouchure i point out things in there i show them with mine we do a lot of mirror work um, make yours look like mine make yours look like this person's because sometimes it's easier to see on like the smart board Mm -hmm. um and then we practice going back and forth and then i say okay guys this time we're gonna add air and it's gonna be a little silly and you're gonna get a weird sound especially if you're an oboe player on a reed right (laughs) and And I, you know, let them play that first sound, um, and however it goes, it goes right. And then I, they always want to giggle after the first one, and then we're all business, right. right? I'm like, all right, you're allowed for any giggles, let them out of your body, and then they get them out, and then it's all business, and we go back and mm-hmm. forth, and I teach them, you know, I play, you play, and four accounts we're tapping our feet and i say let's add this element let's add this um but i highly suggest the embouchure project
1: um that's really for cool for anybody out there yeah, yeah it's cool. It's a it cool before. project
0: that they did i like it a lot i bought the whole bundle mm-hmm. um a while ago and i've used it every year um i don't necessarily use i think they even have a percussion one yeah they do wow. they have a percussion packet too um but yeah, they, I I highly suggest it. Um, and then we slowly start to build up to horns after that. Once we all have successful buzzes or crows, then we'll build up to horns from there. Um, I feel like I'm like talking a lot on this episode. <laughs> I just have a lot to say. I'm so sorry. No. What do you, what does it look like for you? Is it similar? It, it
1: is. Yeah. And well, you know. You, you are primarily a middle school director and I'm primarily a high school director. So it makes sense that you no, have but... more to say than I do.
0: Um, <laughs> no, we're all, we're all directors. I get it.
1: Um,
0: but this is like, I, I do love this.
1: Yeah. It, it, it looks a, like really similar. Um, you know, when we get our horns out, you know, a lot of it is, you know, the the posture of playing with the horns how to set the horns down, especially with big instruments like mm. euphonium and tuba mm-hmm. and horn. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that you can't do with a tuba in your lap. You know, if you're trying to like, yeah. if you if you're going to clap rhythms, you know, they're going to have to like awkwardly reach around. And so we have a procedure of how to set your instrument down, which side of the chair it goes on, what you do with your mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. Um, Never set your instrument down on the valves, things like that.
0: Oof. Um, and it takes a minute sometimes. Um, okay, this is a little segue. Let's do things to not forget to teach
1: them. Oh my gosh, there's always things I do forget. It's
0: hard to. <laughs> there's always something. But you're right that just sitting here talking, I forget. You have to teach them how to put their instrument down. Take it out of the case. Put it together. Yeah. Take it out of its case. Um, be really, really picky about how you want them to take it out and put it together. Um, I will usually will have them take it out on a different day than we make our first sound mm-hmm. on it. That's me, and I tell them beforehand. I'm like, don't get your hopes up, guys. Yeah. We're gonna, it's gonna take us three hours to put this bassoon together, and we're gonna sit here <laughs> for all three hours. Um, but yeah, that's a good one. Uh,
1: making sure they know which side of the case to open that mm-hmm. that can uh, lead to disaster. If you're opening it upside down, you got to make sure you know which way the latches fall. If you know it's one of those, or you know, if you're looking at the case like the thinner side is the top side, you want know, the thicker side on the bottom, and you know they mm-hmm. they just they have to know. Especially school-owned instruments, you know, because they're going to be rougher with those because their parents aren't paying for them. Um, so knowing how to care for those is big.
0: I have in the past forgotten, and this is a little later on, but I've forgotten to teach my trumpets and my horns how to empty water. Oh, that was a my bad. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's always something every year. Um, I'll popping. let you guys know. <laughs> yeah, why does my instrument interest... it's broken? And I'm like, oh god, no, it's not. I forgot. <laughs> um, hold on, halt the lesson. There's always like one uh-huh. thing I forget. Um, and this year, give me a couple episodes, and I'm sure I'll have something that I'll tell you guys <laughs> that I forgot this year. Um, yeah, fire drills. What do you want them to do with their mm-hmm. instrument during a fire mm-hmm. drill? Um, you need to tell them how if there is something wrong to tell you mm-hmm. most of the time they will but there's always that one kid that will have something wrong with their horn and never tell you right and then you're in the middle of playing test and you're like johnny what's why is what is and they're like oh it's been doing that okay right <laughs>
1: yeah things like that happen especially when like soldering comes off or something like you pop mm-hmm. they pop a brace like on the instrument it's like yeah it comes apart like this now I was like no like,
0: no, no <laughs> it's not supposed to don't forget to teach them how to clean their mouthpieces mm-hmm.
1: those things can get pretty gnarly
0: mm-hmm. oh god we'll do um okay we're getting off track anyways back to <laughs> back to what we're doing um, for sounds, yeah. By the way, another yeah, another suggestion if you want to be really grossed out um, to finish this tangent is there is a Facebook page called...
1: It's like Instrument Repair Horror Stories. Yeah. Going. Yeah, well, you and I were talking yeah. about it at TBA.
0: <laughs> instrument Repair Horror Stories. That's what it is. And if you want to be grossed out, go follow that page. Oh, man. There's some good ones if you want nightmares follow that that page yeah okay back to first (laughs) sounds something i do that if you have not made a first sound yet on y'all's instruments you feel free to steal is i record their first sound as a class on the instrument so the first day we put that mouthpiece in that trumpet and we're setting everything up we check our and i'm like all right guys this is the moment. We're gonna make our first sound in their instrument. Um, and I say, Can I and I just record audio. I don't I don't do video. It's like I'm gonna record it. Sit up, you know, we go through all the details and I record it and then I play that sound for them at the end of the school year. It's always hilarious. Uh-huh, and sure they, they love, love it. it. And I tell them I'm gonna play this for you on the last day and they will get closer to the end of this year and then Miss Frazier, can we hear it? Can we hear it? Not yet, man, not yet. <laughs> Um, but it's a really cool thing at the end of the mm-hmm. year for them to reflect back on just how far they've come.
1: That's so cool so, I might yeah, I might have to steal that. I've never done that before.
0: yeah, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. um, and I just show it to them. I don't show it to anyone else um, but sometimes in eighth when they're like in seventh or eighth grade, they'll remember randomly that I did mm-hmm. that and they'll ask to hear oh my it again. Gosh. I'm like, yeah, man, I got it, um, but that's a fun thing. So I'll rec- record their first sound all together, and then, and then yeah, and then you're just off to the races. You're you're doing whole notes. You're reading and and playing at the same time, mm-hmm. and um, then it's you know go through the book and go through your your supplemental pages and whatever else you use and yeah. It's a lot of fun. Do you have any tips or tricks or, like if a kid is struggling, especially on low brass, Mm. do you have anything that's like a go-to for you?
1: My biggest tip, especially when you're doing first sounds, is to start with each kid where they are, as far as Mm -hmm. playing-wise. My my first goal note, for them is usually an F. Um, that's another can of worms that could be another episode all on its own. <laughs> like, what's the best first note? Um, yeah, for sure. I think that's a good, um, a good target for your first note. Some kids nail it right off the bat, and that's awesome. Um, some kids get higher. Some kids, like, play it like a high D for their first note and some kids play like a low B flat and with if they miss the note if they don't play an F you know I'm not going to be like no 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 don't don't play that note play this note Uh, I'm going to meet them where they are and try and you know know, first I tell them Oh, that's a great note. You played a note even higher than the one that we were trying to do. So yeah, you yep. keep that in your mind. We're gonna to come to that note later, but we're gonna try and get we're gonna try and aim down for this note now. So, and I try mm-hmm. and get them to do the things they need to do to relax, get that note lower, or you know, to get the note higher. Um, but I never really, especially the first. Couple of weeks, you know, when they're trying to figure out what this these new muscles in our face are, are and what they're doing, um, I try and meet them where they are and build them up to that note that we're trying to aim for. I think that's my for biggest sure. tip, especially in low brass, because tuba land, like it could be any note, literally anything. <laughs>
0: Honestly, I was gonna say I feel like a lot of times um, my the director I work with he. He's the one that does the tuba uh-huh. class, um, and a lot of times it's just getting them down to whatever mm-hmm. note because it's so easy to be too tight on mm-hmm. tuba.
1: Yeah, you almost um, just. Have do you find to... that
0: you have more kids that are that are higher rather than lower? Or I think a lot of the time, anywhere?
1: yes, because they yeah. you know they see their their biggest reference with brass instruments is the trumpet, where it's like super. Right. You gotta blow really tight and everything and it's like no 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 let's let's calm down <laughs> let's relax <laughs> relax everything and just a breeze through the instrument and usually something lower comes out um, but I think usually by the end of the first week almost every kid is playing an F and then we kind of build from there
0: nice with trumpet and horn it's usually the opposite they're too right. low and I gotta build them up um, right and they're trying to the like same pucker idea. a little
1: bit and play yeah. what they think their embouchure should be and
0: exactly mm-hmm. getting a visualizer um is really good where it's just the rim yeah. of the mouthpiece on a stick basically mm-hmm. so they can see the inside um of my embouchure that is really helpful um I also, there's always inevitably, especially in trumpet class when it's a little bigger, there's someone that, even though we tested them, um, now we're at the beginning of the year and suddenly they're having a hard time getting a buzz. Mm-hmm. That does happen, you know, especially on the smaller mouthpieces, at least in my experience. Mm-hmm. Something I'll do is the coffee straw trick, right. which is a great one. Um, you can put a coffee straw in their embouchure dress right where the aperture is and have them blow through it but with the proper embouchure mm-hmm. and then you can put the mouthpiece you can put the copy straw through the mouthpiece it's kind of hard to do this audio wise um, but what <laughs> you you have it through the mouthpiece and you have them make the perfect embouchure Blow through, and then you just slide the mouthpiece up and take the straw away. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that'll help a kid. I don't do it with everybody, but um, mm-hmm. I will hand them out here and there. Um,
1: yeah. So, um, like, drink straws are good for low brass with that. Yeah. Whataburger straws are good for like tubas because it's mm-hmm. you got that larger hole with that aperture. And that, that, that does help too. Um, yeah. I don't do that too often.
0: No, I do it. I keep them in my desk um, um, because every once in a while, you know, there's a kid that just for some reason, it's not clicking. Even though they tested and got a buzz in the spring, something happened over the summer and they just can't do it anymore. And so that's a good way to at least get it started. And then I give them the straw and I'm like, mm. hey, I do it however much you want at home. Sometimes a kid will need it. Something else that I'll use it, as far as articulation goes, because articulation's hard. Articulation is let me describe something kind of strange to you, and then you do it, but you can't right. see it because it's inside my mouth. That's really hard. Um, if sometimes if I need a visual um, as far as air goes, I'll get you know, those like party blowers, yeah, thing that goes out, mm-hmm. and you can articulate on that, and they can see, oh, your air doesn't stop. Um, Sometimes kids just need any kind of visual. So I have like party blowers at my desk. Like my desk is a whole, you know, smorgasbord of random stuff that will help. But mirrors are huge. And then once you're the sixth grade girls get over the fixing their hair and stuff right. in the mirror, that's always a thing. Um, it is a really, really nice tool. And lots of. I play, you play, sound like me, uh-huh. look like me, continue on. Um, it's just a lot of repetition. The more ways that you can repeat things but make it still fun right? is is key. Um, but I think we could, I mean, honestly, we could talk about beginners for forever. And,
1: oh, yeah. And I'm sure there will be more episodes where we will talk about just these things. Yeah.
0: Definitely. Well, how about we go into our work-life balance recommendations for the week? Yeah, for sure. Do you sure. want to start us off?
1: Sure. I am going to recommend a, um, a show on Hulu um, called Only Murders in the Building. Have you heard of the show?
0: I haven't heard of this
1: one at all. Oh, my all. gosh. It's so good. Um, this is It's like prime, um, like – cozy mystery watching if you're into that sort of thing um it's about um these three people that all live in the same apartment building in new york city um played by steve martin martin short and selena gomez Um, oh
0: i've seen like promos for this yes i think yes and
1: so they are all they They become friends because they're all um, true crime podcast fans. And then somebody is killed in their apartment building. And it's a whole, like, mystery of them, like, making their own podcast and trying to solve this mystery. That sounds good. It's so funny. There's, like, so many twists and everything. And it's... I definitely recommend it um we're season two is out right now so we've been watching um season two and the whole new mystery and it's just it's getting really good uh, i won't spoil anything for anybody that's watching but i <laughs> definitely recommend it only murders in the building on hulu
0: only murders oh i was gonna say you said it was on hulu yeah okay Um, I am going to recommend cozy indie games and not necessarily just indie games, but like specifically like cozy video games. So, um, one that I played a while ago that I really loved, and these are all on Switch because that's what I prefer to play on. Um, but I played Spiritfarer on Switch. Spiritfarer is a just beautifully done game where you are, this is one that you might want to tre- check content warnings on because there, it, it's mainly about death, which I know doesn't sound like nice and cozy, <laughs> but it's like them reflecting on their lives and then you're taking them to the afterworld. Okay. Um, and it's, it's one you'll, you'll have to go watch the trailer and you'll kind of see um, it's, it's just a beautifully done game. Very simple, kind of like cozy art vibes. Um, really loved that one. One that I'm playing right now is called Witchwood, and it's W Y T C H wood, Witchwood. Um, and it's another, it's another game where you like go and you collect things and you make little spells. And you solve little problems okay. here and there, and you just kind of—it's um, just cool art, um, easy to understand, easy to play. Um, going around and solving little problems and creating spells, and it's—it's it's really cool. cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed both of those. Um, I also just played um, on PlayStation. I played Stray. Have you seen all the, the hype around game? Stray? Oh my mm, god. I want to play that. It's actually so good. I think, and it wasn't that much. I want to say it was like $30. Okay. And it was, um, and both Witchwood and spirit are like $20 or less, I think. Um, but Stray, I just played that on PS, uh, we have a PS4. And it was, it was so good. The art is good. It's funny, especially if you know anything about cats. It's funny. Like, there's moments where you can just, like, what is it called? Like, making biscuits.
1: Oh, like kneading?
0: On the... Yeah, like you're like kneading. <laughs> and sometimes it gives you stuff and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> sometimes That's you can fine. go, like, take a little nap and it just, like, zooms out. But, like, the art, like, it's really beautifully done. Um, and it's fun. Not too long of a game. Um, there's, like, a little, like, almost. Open world aspect, not quite, but kind of. Um, and then, of course, this isn't this isn't indie at all. But Animal Crossing New Horizons, I mean, it's classic, cozy. Yeah, yeah, it's as, as cozy as you can get. But specifically, the DLC that came out, um, that is basically there's another island, and you go to it, and you just decorate people's homes. Oh,
1: I love that. And it's dope. Yeah,
0: it's awesome. I had a guy that they tell you what they want. And then you decorate with like the items they give you, and one guy he was like, "You his his line was, um, you can never have too many toilets when you have friends over." And so he just wanted a bathroom. I gave him like eight toilets. It was awesome. Oh, perfect. So uh, my main aesthetic on there is like grandma's grandma houses mm. and like the toilet house. So love that. Highly recommend <laughs> all of those if you just want some like chill gaming time. Um. Yeah.
1: Well, I think That's those are those all sound great. So I'm gonna definitely yeah. check some of those out.
0: For sure, and your that show sounds really good too. I think I have Hulu. I need to go check. I think I do. <laughs> there's, there's so many streaming platforms. Oh, I don't know too anymore.
1: many. Too many. Well, this has been a this has been a fun chat. I hope that uh, everybody is surviving the beginning of the school year and you've gotten some good tidbits out of out of our ramblings about uh <laughs> the, you know the first part it's of definitely the ramblings today year.
0: <laughs> definitely ramblings but i feel like it went by fast and i feel like we could talk for two uh, more hours i agree
1: this. and there'll be plenty <laughs> more opportunities i'm sure for sure all right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been The Band Hall, a YBDT podcast.
0: Follow us on Instagram at The Ban Hall Podcast and Young Band Directors TX, and find more information about joining YBDT at our website, youngbanddirectorsoftexas.org.
1: Until next time.